We hear a lot of perspectives on the Mankind Podcast. Inclusion of a guest is not an endorsement of their views, and the opinions expressed here do not always represent the mission or values of the Mankind Project USA. Looks like the rain has gone. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Mankind Podcast, the show where we break the molds of modern manhood to prove there is more than one way to be a man. I'm your host today, Brandon Clift, and today's episode is all about emotional intelligence. So I, as many of you may already know, uh, teach emotional intelligence at the University of Tennessee through their Center for Professional Education. That's a mouthful. And it's a humongous passion of mine. I've had, I've worked with many business leaders across multiple industries, and they all come back and share that they wish they knew this sooner. They wish they knew how to employ self-awareness for themselves and their teams, self-management, what to do when they're finally identified, the triggers, the emotions, the environments that cause them to behave in certain ways, and how to develop empathy so they can better understand the people around them and what they're going through, whether it's their clients, their internal teams, or in their personal relationships. So as a big passionate person as I am when it comes to emotional intelligence, I was introduced by a dear friend to Christy Holt, who is the CEO and founder of Vibonics. And uh, I was curious in the beginning as to why the introduction was being made. And then it became very clear why when I looked up Vibonics and what they do. So Vibonics is a software, well, it's a company that, that uses AI to identify one's emotional intelligence. They use AI. Now we're getting into like really weird territory because I'm quite the layman when it comes to AI, but they use this technology that uses tens of thousands of, uh, I guess what you'd call data sources or data references to listen to your voice each day and tell you exactly where you're at with your emotional intelligence and what emotions are present in you at the moment. Now I was skeptical in the beginning until I tracked my emotions for two weeks using Vibonics and then laid it back over my journaling. And what do you know? It was pretty bang on. It could tell exactly where I was in my fear, in my joy, in my sadness. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, and for those of you that listen to the show, for those of you that are part of the Mankind Project, you know that emotional intelligence is a pretty humongous piece of the work we do as an organization. It's giving men essentially emotional literacy. So this is a fun conversation. Christy and I talk a lot about uh, a little bit about her journey and how she came to this place and why, uh, although she's able to pretty much do what she wants, uh, she's been very successful in business, could be doing whatever she wants right now, that she finally found a business that she didn't want to sell, that she actually wants to pursue. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about kind of pursuing passions, but also dive a bit deeper into the role emotions play in our lives, how increasing your emotional intelligence can improve not just your relationships, but your physical performance. We talk about the importance of implementing uh, conversations around emotional intelligence and teaching these tools to teenagers and younger kids and what that could uh, result for this next generation coming up. Meaning if we could arm them with the necessary skills and emotional intelligence that, man, they're going to be able to do much better in their lives than say we have or the previous generations. So get ready for a mind-expanding conversation uh, that'll show you how being smart about feelings can totally change your world and give you some tools to practice that you can use and employ in your own lives. So 
enough from me. Here is Christy Holt. Enjoy. Christy, welcome to the show. Hey, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me today. Happy no, to be here. It's a pleasure. After using your app and uh, diving a little deeper into the work that you and your team are doing with Vibonics, I'm very excited that we're having this conversation. Me too. I hope you came with some real intimate questions so we can dive deep into why we care about what we care about. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. uh, AI has entered the world of emotional intelligence. I, I am surprised. I am not surprised. It's AI is just this really interesting, powerful, yet sometimes scary uh, thing <laughs> that is very present in our world right now. Uh, first things first, I, I want to ask you, and I just kind of want to get a bit of a background into your story, into Vibonic's story, and how we've gotten to here. And uh, yeah, so please take it away. I want to I hear more about the kind of origin story. Okay, well, I don't know how far back I'll go, but I will start with saying I, I've been an entrepreneur for all of my life. Um, really, I, I think I was raised in that environment to be an entrepreneur. And I started my first business when I was 21 and I sold it when I was 26 and I was hooked. Mm. Um, I recently have really looked into my repetition of business and I, I start business. I get super excited about the start, get it really going and, and well, and then I would usually exit. But with Vibonics, I have a completely different passion and purpose mm. and see this one sticking around for quite some time. Uh, but it hasn't been the easiest business that I've done. It's been a lot of twists and turns, kind of like you mentioned with AI and understanding voice technology and emotional intelligence and bringing those innovations together has just been exciting and fun. And some of the most challenging things that we've had to really dig deep into to understand, especially for me with my background. So my background is originally I started in accounting and business management and took those skills into running my first business, which was in the beauty industry. And um, after selling that company, stayed in the beauty industry a little bit longer, but went into e-commerce and sold products online and made our own goop and taught courses on how to do a service. And that was pretty exciting. Um, and spent a lot of time around women and women-owned businesses and helping and serving women. And then took a little bit of a turn into solar, which... That one was a really interesting one. That one I did with my husband and we took really, really, I got to learn about energy. And interestingly enough, it absolutely catapulted my understanding of what I do today. So just for fun, I'll connect a dot. Um, with solar, we learned to harness the energy of the sun and um, invert it into your home so it can power a physical source. And... I know, I hope you just connected some dots, but that's what we're actually doing with our technology today is measuring energy, interpreting that energy, converting that energy and teaching people how to convert it and channel it into something that they want in the physical form. So uh, solar we did for about four years and ended up selling that company. And then I took a really left turn and went back into the world of finance, took a job at a wealth management firm and uh, from there, really learned the ins and outs of business and raising money and uh, funding and how to how to manage and operate a fund, and then also just how to scale my network. And uh, at the beginning of 2020, 
I decided it was time for me to stay focused and drive into my purpose, which is Vibonics. Um, negotiated out of everything that I was doing. And on February 28th was my last day there. And two weeks later, COVID hit. And the interesting thing about Vibonics is when I was talking about it five years ago, people thought I was speaking Chinese. Mm. Why do you care about emotions? Why are you talking about emotional intelligence? And why do you care about voice technology and all the things that we are working on? Um, and about, let's see, then when COVID hit, the understanding of emotions started to make sense. Like people started saying, well, what is emotional health? Do you know, three years ago, you would Google emotional health and it wasn't really a thing. Right. We had physical health, but we didn't have emotional health. And so I feel like we were just preparing for this real pandemic that the world is in, which is um, emotion and, mm -hmm. and managing and understanding emotions so we can thrive. Um, so it's been, it's been quite a ride. And there's a little bit of my history. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I uh, saw a problem to solve when looking at my own experience with my family and, and things looking around me, how people were really suffering mm -hmm. in uh, depression and addiction and took what I was learning there to understand what is the core root of why we do what we do. And that's where I found the magic of emotion. And then learning wow. to say, how do we scale this information and how do we help people measure and quantify and improve something that feels like it was so unseen at the time. Mm. That's amazing. So, I mean, just to think like this wave that we're riding right now of, uh, you know, awareness around emotions is just, it's bigger and bigger, right? We haven't even hit the crest of it yet. And people mm -hmm. like yourself are jumping on that wave and bringing technologies like this to, to make it more accessible, to make it uh, easier for people that may not have those tools yet to be able to reach, uh, so interestingly, so when you join the Mankind Project or you do one of our training weekends, uh, you get introduced to like five emotions, mad, sad, mm. glad, fear, shame. I mean, this is the kiddie pool, but, but, but we're just starting. Mm. We're starting. We're putting words to it because in many cultures, men are only given anger, joy. Yeah. That's it. Those are the only emotions <laughs> you get, anger and joy. Don't show fear. Don't show sadness. Like It's the man box. We talk about this on the show all the time. Uh, but through going through our trainings, through sitting in men's circles, you start getting more tools and some more ways to kind of analyze your emotions and get to know them, build that self-awareness, learn how to self-manage and self-regulate, uh, develop empathy, um, build social skills. That takes a lot of time to build that tool chest, nor are you able to actually visibly see these things as they're growing. We meet, we get introduced I check out the app. I use it for a couple of days and all I do is count to 15 and it spits out my emotional intelligence for the day, which I found incredibly intriguing. Not, no, not only that, it has all these insights. So it tracked each day where I was at and, and I was very skeptical because I, I, yeah. I'm not a data scientist or data analyst. I, I'm wondering, you know, where all these numbers are coming from, but then I started linking those days and those scores to what I was going through on those days. And there weren't too many degrees of separation between the score I got on the app and what I was actually experiencing. So this has all blown my mind. This is all, uh, yeah, it, it's got my radar pinging. Um, and not only are there the scores, you have resources and tools in there as well to help 
people like, okay, well, you scored low in, uh, let's just say self-awareness. Here are some strategies. Here's some things, activities you can do to kind of work that muscle and build it. So kudos to you for putting something like this together. Um, Thank you. uh, How? (laughs) How? (laughs) Without getting too much into the nitty gritty. I mean, I just, how? How is something like this come together? It's so cool. Well, I would say thank you so much. And I love how you have been using it. So this conversation probably gets to have a lot of richness and deep experience because what we know about emotion is emotion is what we experience. It's not who we are. Mm -hmm. And we really can't speak to things or control things that we don't understand. And so that methodology is what drove us to say, how can we have deeper understanding of emotion? Because all research shows that everything we think, feel, and do is driven by emotion. Mm-hmm. And um, really, if you want to get into the science of it, energy is emotion is energy in motion. So that's how we're able to depict it. And that's how we're able to track it through the frequencies of your voice. And what's interesting, I'll just tell a little bit about how it works. When mm-hmm. we take that wave file, we it's like taking a picture, a 15-second picture, just like a brain wave where they can determine what's present in your thinking by taking a picture of a brainwave. So we take a picture of a sound wave and we've been able to identify consistently an emotion that has a certain frequency and match it every single time. And then give a score of how many times that emotion was depicted during that 15 seconds. So then we can say, okay, if, if from one to zero or zero to one, and, and we put it in a percentage for you as you've experienced, we can depict 68% of the time we were depicting sadness, Hmm. right? So in that 15 second snapshot, we were able to measure this level of sadness. Hmm. Um, What's really cool about understanding these emotions. And like I heard you say your emotional intelligence today, emotions are one of the most fluid thing. That's why it's been so hard to really understand emotion because of how the fluidity of it. But through AI, we've been able to find patterns and we've been able to find consistent patterns so we can predict the level of emotion that's present with a human being from a voice sample. Um, So that's how we are able to get the accuracy over and over and over again. So there's two ways that we've tested accuracy. Number one is um, consistency within the voice. And then like tens of thousands of voice samples and finding that consistency within the voice so we can predict that measurement. But then also that we would say is like quantifiable Mm. proof um, and and accuracy and then also subjective. So we've done quite a few pilots like what's the gap between our reasoning of this emotion being present and the frequency or the energy that we're able to measure. And that has been one of the best one of the funnest things that I've had to experience is understanding the gap between what we think we feel, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because we're thinking it in our mind and what our body is resonating. Right. And the, and the distance between um, Mm -hmm. our thinking emotion and actually feeling emotion. So part of my skepticism of course was came on one of the mornings where it said, uh, I woke up, I was feeling great. Eyes open before the alarm, did my workout and I did my one, two, three, four, five and it came back high stress. And I was like, no way. 
I'm not feeling, I feel great. I feel fantastic. But the exercise encouraged me to kind of like sit and maybe look at my day and, you know, and look at some of the stresses and do some meditation and stuff. And as I did a little bit of digging, it's like, man, I actually, part of me, I think was in its own innate defense mechanism was going, everything's great doo, 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 to yep. deny the fact that I actually had a lot of stress in that moment right. and in that day. It just, there was a momentary feeling of not having that stress or, or moment, let's just say the morning. I just hadn't sunk in the fact that actually deep down my, my body was aware that I had a lot on my plate. Do you know, and Brandon, I love this. I love this example because it really is starting to help you see the habits and the avoidance. If I could, like, like you were saying, right. A lot of the doing like, okay, a couple of things I want to say about that. Do you mind if we depict that experience a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. How was your overall emotional intelligence score on that day? Everything else was high, really high. Okay. So the yeah. coolest part that we are seeing is people with high emotional intelligence are emotional. Hmm. It means that their, their emotion is in motion, hmm. right? because they're moving that energy. They're not in their head, but they're actually connected to their body. And so their emotions are in motion, right? which means they have a lot more energy. So that, and, and moving that energy through exercise is one of the greatest things that you can do, especially when it's negative energy emotion. That's the most positive way to move that emotion through you. Maybe the stress of the day actually is what got you up and it got you on that mm. bike or in that run. It got you in motion and it gave you energy because you were actually attuned to the feeling of it. Retrospectively, that's actually very true because I, I think I know through years of doing this that the days that I'm really stressed, if I don't wake up on time, if I don't exercise, usually the rest of the day is just a nightmare. So it was all, I was just, just in a routine and just in a process. Yeah. And my, my, my intuition was like, I got you. Um, but I wasn't emotionally intelligent, (laughs) right? You're like, I'm aware of what's going on. (laughs) I can manage it. I'm expressing it, which means Mm -hmm. I'm moving it and I'm letting it go. And this is one thing I wanted to talk about with your story. Sometimes when we see things, we go into judgment of it versus allowing ourselves to realize that emotion is what makes us human. Mm -hmm. And it is what makes us feel alive. So when we can look at emotion as a gift and look at it as emotion as indicators versus something that's bad or something we don't want to feel, but look at it as an indicator to clean up some of your thinking, then right. it's like, Rad, tell me what, show me that I am resistance, that I'm in resistance usually with this stress. Like, cause I'm telling myself a story that I can't control it. So then that's- stress gets stuck. Bingo. Yeah. Cause our brain tries to creates a story around it, which may or may not even be true. And then, well, locks it's it, not. Then, then locks it down. It locks it down into this one reality. Next thing you know, you've just trapped it. You're 100%. So when we say cool stress is here, what am I thinking about this place person or thing or something I got to get done? Usually it's, I don't have enough time or I, I can't get it wrong. Or it needs to, or what are they expecting? I could possibly fail. Like, and so it's causing this like stress, right? Mm -hmm. Where in actuality, it's like, I got this. 
I can do this. Like coming back into trust with yourself. And that is what reduces stress. So if you could pause with stress and say, okay, what am I actually, what is in the mindset kind of the, what's the program I'm running on that's actually happening? And how can I give myself a better mental attitude towards what I'm feeling? Mm. Can I give you an experience, a very personal one? Yeah, yeah please. No, of course. <laughs> okay. So by the way, even though we have an emotionally intelligent company, I am a human being that experiences all types of emotion on any given day. And sometimes my intelligence with myself is not high. But that's mm -hmm. why I like the check-ins because it puts me back into just awareness, right? Yeah. So I was getting ready for some investor meetings. And if you've ever done those, they feel like stressful, but mine wasn't stress. Mine was sadness. Mm -hmm. And sadness had been at like 89% for the entire week leading up to some of my meetings. And I caught it about four days into it. I was like, what is this sadness? And I was like, is this really sadness? And one thing is, Brandon, you mentioned that there's like a whole feelings will. If anyone's heard of a feelings will, there's like 70 emotions on there. Yeah. Right. Very colorful and it's very big. <laughs> yeah. And what I like about it is it shows the core emotions and then emotions that may feel similar or in the same category. So I looked up my feelings will, and the first word I saw that's connected to sadness was shame. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, that just felt real to me. And I sat and I, and I just thought about some of the things that I had been telling myself, I should have not made that decision. I should have made that decision. I shouldn't have done that. I should have done that. I, 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 I should have been more this. I should have been farther on this. Maybe I should have not handled that. And I was, I was spinning in the background with some shame and it was showing up as sadness. And I'll tell you why in ours, we don't depict it as shame because, and there's a whole methodology behind that. But for me, I was like, Oh, there it is. And so I was like, you know what? I'm doing the, I'm doing the best I can with the information I have through that decision. I, we learned this. And I started to reframe my experience instead of just pushing down the shame. It was like, I was reframing my experiences. So by the time I got in my investor meeting, it's like, Hey guys, we've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. Here's what we've learned. And the best part and gift for me in that was my humility. And I got to ask for help. Bingo. And, and I asked my investors, like, I need help. Mm. And, and I'll tell you, that's counterintuitive because when you go to those meetings, you're like, I got it all figured out. I know what we're doing. Look at our amazing hockey stick. Yeah. Well, my emotion was an indicator of like, hey, sitting in shame is not going to get you where you want to go. And it's not going to bring you the help that you need. So I got to reframe this and find my different way of thinking through this. Use the shame as an indicator to shift it back and then humble myself and say, Hey, I need help. I have some questions and I think you guys might have the answers. That's emotional intelligence right there. That's oh, exactly it what was, it is. I can still feel it by the way, but yeah. it, it, and I, I would have, how do how often do you get to see that sitting right in front of you, helping you? Right. So you, the thread was, you saw the sadness was at like 86% all week and you saw that thread and you're like, eh, bing, and you yanked it, you grabbed it, you pulled it and yeah. look at the lessons that came from it. So, um, Really cool, really cool, and and I love that because you know when I teach emotional intelligence at the university, 
these are the exercises. We get them to, you know, to reframe these stories and walk them through a process. And it's amazing how many people uh, are amazed that they can thank that negative experience or that negative thought. They can thank it because of what it taught them and, and what they've learned. Like you said, your investors, yeah. we've learned a lot. So uh, a lot of reward in going through this process. You mentioned before, you said we are a highly emotionally intelligent company. We're talk- I thought we we're talking about humans here. You said your company is highly emotional intelligent. Well, we do use our technology with ourselves, but also it's a, it's a constant thing. We're learning hmm. and expanding. And I, I feel that there's nothing our company can't get through because it is at the forefront of our uh, teams and yeah. our experience. And, and you as the founder have the ability to see your entire team's scores, right? 100%. And I will tell you, no, there's no greater gift than a founder that can treat their team with empathy mm. and really take accountability in their own self-awareness and make that the culture. Right. It, I mean, we have incredible people that stay with us for a really long time. Mm. And I would, I would absolutely give it to the respect of emotional intelligence in our workplace. Yeah. Wow. Well, you don't have to sell me on it because I've seen the I've seen the benefits of you know managers, middle management, frontline leaders, all the way up to C suite that develop these skills. I mean, it is one of the biggest things that is missing, or, or one of the biggest ceilings for many that are going through their leadership journey is their inability to connect to the hearts of the people they're leading. They think right. they just got to connect to the heads. They need to connect to the hearts, and so for a manager to be able to pull out the app, notice each department's emotional intelligence because the scores get collated into one thing. And you could see that maybe the company's coming up for RFP. You know, they're going up for, they're trying to rebid to get the contract or whatever. And you might see fear across the board. So as a leader, you can come in and go, I understand that there is fear (laughs) right now. Right. You don't have to dig. You don't have to do paper surveys. You can just look at it and go, a lot of optimism today. A lot of blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you, you make a really good point at the beginning when you were opening, you were talking about men and emotion. I can tell you some of the things that we've seen. Men, when there's resistance in the scores, mm. uh, usually their resistance is with fear and sadness. Oh, we're not allowed those. Because those are not traditionally the ones that men can handle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with women, it's anger. Every time they're like, it says I'm angry and I'm not angry. And you're mm-hmm. like... Women aren't allowed to be angry. Right. Because then, right. the, then they're the crazy bitch. 100%. Right? One, mm-hmm. In fact, that plays out and it begins to play out everywhere, especially at work. And women have, we've thought that our femininity and our emotions, and we've been told that is a weakness. Yeah. Right. And so if you show emotion at work, you're weak. Yes. Emotional intelligence is about having emotion, being aware of emotioning, and managing the emotion. So it's about being intelligently responding to emotion, not just letting your emotions like hurt people, yeah. especially not let your emotions hurt yourself or others, but it's allowing yourself, yourself to use them as indicators, clean them up, and then channel that energy to the people that you serve. It's power. I mean, shout out to Brene Brown. It is. Friend of the show. Well, I don't know if she's a friend of the show. She might not even know us, but I like to think she's a friend of the show. Brene Brown talks about this stuff all the time, 
all, all the, the time. time is that you know the, the more aware you are of yourself the more power you have the more strength you have the more um courage you have because you just have that self-awareness you don't have to go through that whole vicious cycle of doubting yourself and doubting every move and decision by knowing this the emotions that you have that are kind of a low-hanging fruit by knowing the emotions that you're getting better one percent every day and doing the work well it, and it's then great how to have you... a tool like this yeah. And then how you connect with others. Mm. Can, I'll share one other example is, um, so I have a, a woman who was working with me and over the weekend, she had gone through some pretty horrific thing with her teenage girls. And here we are, we have limited time. Uh, we work remotely and she got on the call and I could tell she was upset and mm. just things weren't sitting. Okay. And, um, I said, Hey, let's take three minutes. And I want you to see if you can move whatever's present for you. And I want you to feel safe doing it. Hmm. And she was like, and she just started sobbing. And I said, and just held space, you know, but again, this takes a lot of emotional intelligence on the person that's offering because hmm. some of the things you want to do is hold space, but not join it. Yes. Um, so, you know, at three minutes and, and then it kind of got into he said, she said, and it started to go down a road that wasn't healthy. No, bring it back. Bring it back. And so learning that skill is saying, hey, I, I want you to know I can never understand all the details because I wasn't there and it's not my experience and nor do I need to go there with you. But I do want you to know I'm a mom. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be afraid for your children. Mm. And I'm sorry you're, you're experiencing that. I'm sure that was hard for you. And I'll tell you what it was, I loved it for myself because it was me and a boundary where I got to not bring in the negative chit chat of the situation, but keep it to an emotional connection where it feels validated, where, where I could validate her emotion, help her feel like a human being is okay. I see you. I hear you. I can see that was hard for you. Have the emotional release, but then not stay in the negative talk and space and and come back. Yeah, we need to be able to sit with the chaos but not get stuck there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's well done. what we yeah. That well, those are the things we we teach and we model yeah. and and I'll tell you what, after she wrote a really cool thing and let me know, like, hey, thank you for not letting me get go down the road of the chaos. Hmm. Right. So us as leaders, I think we get scared to open up that door or open up that opportunity to connect emotionally because a lot of times people will take it and run with it. And now you're 20 minutes later, an hour later, you're still talking about the negativity. So it's really bringing it back. The, but you can only do that if you're vulnerable and honest with yourself. Yes, right. You can only do it at the capacity in which you can do it with yourself. And yeah. um, thank you for sharing that because that's such a common experience for so many um when I teach conflict resolution, like one of the things that I get each of the cl- class to do for themselves is like, cause we usually uh, get them to use an example, even if it's on their own, an example of an unresolved conflict or something in the past that need, that could be done perhaps differently um, given the choice. And one thing I always make clear to everyone is each of our own experiences with conflict is different. Each of our own experiences with these emotions is different. And so if you're digging up something that is not going to allow you to be actually be present in the room right now, pick something else. 
Like, this is the first class, right? So I'm like, we're not going to go there yet. Pick something else. And I think that's really important when it comes to leaders. And, and one of the many hesitations for leaders is, uh, then, you know, I don't want to validate this emotion. And then it's because then it's going to become a thing and everyone's going to want to get emotional and we're not going to get any progress. Emotions get in the way of progress. Or on the employee side, it's the last time I revealed anything like this, it came up at the Christmas party and a drama or last time I shared anything like this, I didn't get the promotion because they thought I was weak. So there's multiple directions that these messages, Christy, need to go and needs to be hit at different levels. So I know that you've got this this big kind of, I guess, audience with Vibonics, which is business leaders and putting it into companies and all the rest. Uh, but you also have this, uh, this passion for working with teens yes, and kids, which I really want to talk about for a moment because I am, I am increasingly worried that I'm seeing all these reports and all this evidence that there are 18 year old TikTokers saying, are you experiencing these three things? Then you have anxiety and then you have depression or you have insert label. And then my niece tells me that at school, kids are walking around like scout badges. I have all these mental health challenges. I have all these da 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 and, and I'm like, who's teaching them this? Oh, well, these influences that are like 18 years old or, or younger even. I wanted to just kind of set that scene, not saying it's the overall scene, but I'm worried that the dialogue right now with kids, one, that there isn't enough of it, two, that the, there's the wrong dialogue, that we're just flooding these kids with too much information and too much... Yeah, it, it, I'm worried. I'm worried yeah. that, that kids are diagnosing themselves with a bunch of things that they likely don't have. And, and it's disempowering. It's disempowering. It's not yeah. allowing them to step into resilience and understand the importance of stress. And, and I don't want to downplay any lived experience from someone who, you know, of course, could be going through a very difficult time. I remember middle school. It was gauntlet. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, it <laughs> really times. is. Well, I'll, I'll give you, Brandon, thank you for bringing this up. And I'll give you a teeny bit of context from a business owner and mm. deep dive into the technology and the emotions to a mom. Mm. I have a 16-year-old son. Uh, I have a 14-year-old daughter, a 12-year-old daughter, and an 8-year-old boy. And so we're in it. We're in, it. in this, yes. this place of kids going and transitioning into tweens, going into teens, mm. And then um, a little bit beyond with some other really close like nieces and nephews. Um, and and I, think, I think we all have a right to be worried. There is a lot of things out there that are so disempowering to our teens and our kids that, that we have to change the narrative. And really what our narrative is, is emotions are your superpower because it, yes. that's true. That your emotions are your superpower, which in our app, and we went down this road of diagnosing, like, could we diagnose people with anxiety or depression? 100% based on their voice frequencies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's companies out there that are doing that. They're mm -hmm. diagnosing in six seconds and getting them on prescriptions and, and giving oh. them the, their badge and saying, this is what you have. We chose a completely different route of self-empowerment and understanding that emotions are your superpower. So you can learn how to channel that emotional energy 
in a way that you choose mm -hmm. um, and, and really help kids and teens understand that emotions are indicators and they're indicators to help you think differently. And, and that emotions are the, they're the, they're the superpower to help you wake up to your true power within, right? And so for us, I think we have to be telling a different message as loud as we can, as fast as we can to help kids understand that emotions are amazing. They are not meant to make you suffer. And mm -hmm. I think that's the only antidote, antidote that we can yeah. do in today's world. Um, which is why, again, we don't use diagnostic words. We don't yeah. even use the word anxiety because at the core of anxiety is fear, right? Where when we tested fear and depression, or excuse me, anxiety and depression, the natural human response is to take a pill or to ignore and suppress even mm -hmm. more. And, and then usually it goes into some shame. Yeah. So what we did is, and which is why we don't use the word shame, because those are right. hard things to pull people out of with the narrative in our world today. Unproductive so, emotions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what we do is we go, what's at the core of depression is usually a combination of sadness and loneliness. Right. Um, and, and there's way more emotions that come into that, mm -hmm. but that's where we depict it. And at the core of anxiety is fear. And so how do we start to manage and understand our fear and use fear as a tool rather than something that keeps us in that, in the state of, of less than or not enough. Yeah. Right. So for us, we, our narrative is emotions are your superpower. And we really, we have a nonprofit. It's called the Mecca project, which is fun. Cause you have the mankind project and mm -hmm. I love it. Ours is the Mecca project and it's to help teens thrive mentally and emotionally through conscious awareness. And that's what Mecca stands for. It's a safe place for teens to come and get the resources and tools that they need to help them thrive. And so our goal is to help people feel like they have a choice, that their emotions are fluid, that emotions are what you experience. It's not who you are. Take the badge and labels off yeah. because none of what you're feeling is who you are. In fact, I feel this way because of this, or I feel this way take that into some of the biggest conversations that are happening around teens and kids yeah. and adults are amplifying this idea is, Oh, you feel that way. So that must be who you are. Yeah. No, and that that's, that couldn't be farther from the truth. None so of those happy. feelings, none of those emotions are who you are. They are indicators of what you believe you are. Period. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am so glad you were bringing that up because in my time when I was working with teenagers, I would, I would ask them, you know, I'd, I'd be having these conversations, uh, with these kids and, and generally with their parents, oftentimes single mothers. And I would hear these kids say like, you know, well, I have anxiety, I have anxiety, I have anxiety. I would not, not, not denying that. But I would sometimes use some wordplay and ask them, are you anxiety? And they'd go, yeah. I was like, I'll repeat that. Are you anxiety? Oh, no. No, I just have it. And it's like, okay, well, I think it's important to understand the distinction there. How much are you embodying and owning this state? This state, this place, as opposed yes. to your whole entire being 
don't let depression inform define. your whole entire being inform or define that and i really hope and, and i'm really optimistic with the work that you're doing that you're, you're giving more language more dialogue more narrative and more perspective to emotions for kids mm-hmm. because i mean i just labels are so dangerous and and it, it yeah. boxes kids in and i'm seeing kids are boxing themselves in with these labels and, and it just completely hamstrings them like they get hamstrung by themselves you know, on their own and brandon it's what they're surrounding them it's the language that us adults use right so for me and i love that you're we're in the same vibe here for sure mm-hmm. Because I've noticed that if I, what I model, my kids follow, mm-hmm. not what I say and do, but what they're actually experiencing from me. So the greatest gift I've been able to give my children is to be more emotionally intelligent. Yes. So when they're feeling emotion, emotion is safe. Emotion is welcomed. And we make time to let the emotion move. So we understand it, we feel it, and then we move it. We move yeah. on. It's not, this isn't who you are. Take a deep breath. Let's just let, let's see what the message is. What do, and, and we don't call anything by a diagnosis. Mm. Um, and it's not to say it doesn't exist. Like I have a daughter who we went to the doctor and the doctor was convinced that she needs anti-anxiety medication. And by the way, um, at nine is when they yeah. thought that we should put her on something. And I was like, so she feels fear. And in truth, when I was pregnant with her, she was made in that emotion. Mm. It was a time in my life where I know was one of the scariest times for me, mm. where I had a lot of uncertainty that caused a lot of fear in me. And this little girl was made in that energy in my body. Okay. It's something that you feel. So some of these kids are born with this energetic connection to their parents in, in a positive and a negative way. Okay. So if I can start talking about my fear and heal my fear and my ideas and beliefs around fear, it starts to clean that energy to her. And Mm. that that's a little bit deeper, but if I can take accountability for the fear I feel and connect with her in a, in a way that, Hey, I know what this feels like. Can we talk about it? Can we just talk about what we're afraid of and see if we can come to a better understanding and feel empowered in our fear versus feel like we don't have a choice in this. And now it's this common language that we've learned. And so first things we do is I, I will only call it fear because fear is some, we don't take a, you don't take a pill for fear, Mm. right? Like you don't, you don't there, it, it puts a different mindset and accountability. Hey, this is something that you're feeling and experiencing. How do you want to channel this or how do you want to move this? Or should we ask it some questions? Mm. Do you think today we can just feel it and let it go? Yeah. Or, and, and then she'll, sometimes she'll go, mom, I just, I don't want to talk about it. Can we just feel it? Great. So I'll have her put her hand on her heart and I'll have her do some breathing with me. And we welcome fear in and then we feel the fear and then we let, we let the fear go. And some people say, you welcome fear. And yeah, we're letting it come into our space and showing it that we it's welcomed here. And we're just going to let this fear go. One of the greatest things is when I'm not there and I will catch my daughter holding her heart 
laying on her bed. It makes me want to cry. Laying on her bed, feeling her emotions and managing her emotions. And all, especially her, because we've done it so much. And I'll tell you one other story. My, my little guy, his name is Riggs. He matches his name. The other day he was sitting and he goes, mom, I keep feeling this ping in my head. And I'm like, where is it? And he goes right here. It's just this little ping. It just keeps like a little ping. And I said, okay, well, two things we're going to do. Let's get some water. And I had him drink a full glass of water. And we're, by the way, we were in the car. So I handed him some water. I go, okay, now what we're going to do, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And he's not, I mean, he's just learning all this, right? Mm. And I said, I just want you to breathe and just get in your body because you might be in your head and you're not really in your body. So that's maybe the ping. That's what it's telling you. It just, it's, it doesn't know how to land somewhere. And so this is what people would say, getting grounded, right? Yeah. So I taught him to breathe. And all of a sudden he goes, mom, that worked. And he goes, did you just make that up? And I was like, <laughs> I go, why? What if I did make it up? And he goes, you should go buy a lottery ticket. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because I am the, I'm a genius. Because yeah. I just made up this breathing that made his ping go away. Oh my god! I thought you were going to say you turned around and there was a tack sitting out of his. Oh my gosh! I've seen that, and she's like, "It just hurts." It's like yeah, yeah. The it's nail. like this thing, yes. <laughs> and the husband's like, can "Just can I just quit trying to fix we... it?" Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the funniest. Yeah. That is that's the best. I show that video when I teach. Um, well, in the first class for emotional intelligence, I always show that video. And for people listening, it's a, um, and many men you can relate to this. It's um. <laughs> this couple and uh, the wife is really explaining her problems to him and he's sitting on the couch and you can't really see much of her, just, just her eyes and her mouth. And, and she's like, and I, and I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. And he's like, okay. And she goes, I just, I feel this pressure and this, this pain. And she's pointing to her forehead and there is this massive nail just sticking right outside her forehead. And the husband's like, well, let me just let me just grab come on let me just take no quit trying to fix my problem and and so obviously he's getting frustrated because he <laughs> so obvious he, it's so <laughs> obvious and he can fix it and she doesn't want him to fix it she wants him to listen oh, anywho check that one out that's good oh my um, gosh if anyone watches that and doesn't relate they're they're lying yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is i've you know I'm, i've been in this world for coming about eight years now and uh and my wife she's of course been through her own journey in life but these tools are much more familiar to me than her and so i'm the one often having to tell her i don't need a solution right now i I am not looking for a solution i just need you to hear me i need to vent yes she's like she's like thank god for your men's group because i don't (laughs) know this is exhausting (laughs) tell me about it tell me about it i love your men's group i i I have to say, traditionally, I agree. Women are the ones that are given given the be emotional. Mm-hmm. Do you know what we're seeing? That a, a tool like this, if you don't mind, I want to bring it yeah. back to where guys can use this tool in the privacy of their own space. Mm-hmm. I have one story. So I'm married 17 years. We've been married. And for 10 years of our marriage, I thought my husband was angry. And I projected this anger for 10 years. I had it so real in my head. Like, man, he just gets so angry. He's like this angry person sometimes. And I, I don't like the way it feels. And I had all these stories around this anger, right? 
So we start doing this work and still, it is still true today because Mm -hmm. habits are emotional responses or emotions can be habitual responses, Mm -hmm. right? It's just the emotion that we're comfortable with. And it's the one we go to and it just, you really got to work on breaking the habit of emotional response, right? So when we, when we got Vibonics, um, his anger was like hardly ever even on the radar. His anger was so low. Guess who was angry? <laughs> Let me guess. <laughs> Mine, my anger. It's like a habitual emotional response. I will get like, now a lot of stuff comes from my anger, like nonprofits. I work good. I get things yeah. done. Like lots comes from my anger, but sure. it's me. So for 10 years, I was projecting my anger and he, now I will tell you his confusion was high. But never once did we go, are you confused? Because that is a very different uh, way to address emotion and confusion versus anger. So I think this tool is really cool for guys, Mm -hmm. especially who are looking to be more emotionally aware to start to see what's real for them in the privacy of their own space. And then next time, just shock your partner and be like, hey, I actually have some fear. Mm -hmm. Just fear is a little present for me today. And I don't know that I know how to communicate from this space. So I think I need to just process this myself. Yeah. Or like with my husband, I'm like, I am in some anger. I know this isn't going to get us where we want to go. So I'm going to, I need to process my anger before we talk about it. Says no wife ever. Yeah. Says no. (laughs) So, so here's the real question. So you're angry. He's confused. Is he still wrong? Always. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that does not conclude rights and wrongs. Come on. Uh, no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just perpetuating the problem. <laughs> now, do you want to know? Now I feel like I'm like, got to get accurate and true. We, through letting go of our judgment of emotion, yes. we got to let go of the idea that there's rights and wrongs. So there's been a lot of growth in that area. Well, you've said it a lot in this whole conversation. You've said, you know, what's the lesson what's the message what are we learning from this emotion rather than hiding repressing denying you're going or judging it what's the lesson here and i think that's the most important thing and i can totally own in my own story like my wife is reactive judgment aside around that she's just reactive the beauty of it is our rug is flat (laughs) our rug is flat there is nothing under there because nothing's allowed to go under there when it comes up, she wants to deal with it right away. <laughs> I had a lot of judgments around that because I think just being typically male, I'm like, no, hold it in, let it fester, take it in the cave. Um, and the ways that she would emotionally react, I would judge because I'm not the one reacting. She's the one reacting. However, I was still projecting the m- emotion. I just wasn't showing it. Right. Because so energy, it's energy. It's energy. So I guess in ways, you know, you, the perception may have been that your husband was angry, but root cause con- confusion. And you on the other side got to point the finger and go, well, you're angry just because you weren't the one displaying it. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, he displayed it in my, uh, he displayed it in his own way. Yeah. But here you you kind of make it a point. Remember when he said the skepticism, mm. I want to go back and, and hit something on there. Have you ever walked into a room and I'm going to say your wife, because we brought her into this. Well, you did. And I just want to bring her in again. <laughs> Have you yep. ever walked into a room? She has not said a word 
but you know what kind of day she's had based on what you're sensing? Oh, yeah. Well, th that's my blessing and curse. I've had it since I was a kid. I can feel it. Okay. So yeah. that's what we're measuring. We're measuring the energy. We're not measuring what you're right. saying because most people don't tell their truth about their emotion mm -hmm. because they've got so good at avoiding suppressing it and leaving it alone and pretending yeah. it doesn't exist yep. that they don't, they would never tell you how they're feeling or we, a lot of the time accurately. I mean, how many times have I said, I love my mom? Well, actually there's maybe a lot of other emotions and love wasn't actually true or my right. dad or my whatever. Sure. Right. Right. So what we're measuring is what that energy of what is present. So yeah. you can start to not only tell yourself the truth, mm -hmm. but in your relationships, be more in integrity and authentic and, and have the courage to show up as you are. And make your insides match your outsides. Be make in complete integrity. Make right? your insides match your outsides. I love that. I love that. That's just a cute tagline for Vibonics. Making your insides <laughs> match your outsides. That's really cool. I mean, I can see this being beneficial in, in men's group too because uh, it's so common that when checking in, men are like, oh, all of them. Mad, sad, glad, fear, you know, mad, sad, glad, fear and shame. Um, all together. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's kind of hone in and see like the root. And, and that's often what our men's groups are about. And what we do is like, okay, let's get to the, let's remove the veils. Let's get to the actual nuts and bolts of it. Um, this is, this is wonderful, Christy. I'm so excited. So give, paint a picture of the future. Where, where is Vibonics going? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll finish with a, uh, a magic wand question. Okay, great. So my vision for Vibonics is to make emotional intelligence available to everyone and wherever you are, whether you're in a state of struggling and insecurity and, and unsure, or whether you are ready to level up your game in your relationships or at work, um, become a peak performer, uh, wherever you are, that you're using emotional intelligence as a tool to amplify your life. Mm. And so our goal and our vision is uh, worldwide, make this available through technology, uh, mm -hmm. available to everyone. I love it. I love it. I mean, just the, the applicability is undeniable on every single field you can imagine. A friend of mine just started working with a local football team here and, and they're pretty big deal. Uh, and he's working with kind of their youth division as well. And he's trying to teach them some mental health skills and, and, piecing and emotional intelligence and we were having a cool conversation um because these are young boys who right now like emotions are probably uh they, they they're likely the least fluent at this stage very fluent as little boys mm -hmm. and then like the thunderdome for destroying emotions uh, emotional expression is middle school high school where these kids are at um and he'll just explain a situational scenario, a certain game where Messi or Ronaldo or insert their idol was there at the point, you know, the penalty kick. And this yeah. is for all the marbles and then being able to link how much emotional awareness <laughs> do you think this individual has knowing the stakes, knowing uh, everything that's riding on this, knowing that they're likely going to get death threats if they miss it. <laughs> like, like all this, all this compounding weight. 
like these are people that you idolize and you will not be able to sit in their shoes unless you do this stuff. Do you know, Brandon, I love that you bring up athletes. Do you mind if we take one second on this? Yes, of course, please. Um, because this is one of our focuses launching in universities and in high schools. And I just will tell you two stories. Mm -hmm. um, when we are emotionally intelligent as an athlete, your memory muscle, your muscle memory kicks in in those moments. But when you are in resistance of those emotions in that moment, that's when you miss. That's when it, you don't know, it was a fluke thing. You didn't make the shot. You didn't make the kick. You didn't. So it keeps you from being that next level, right? Mm -hmm. Because emotion kicks in and we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So our body gets tense. And now that muscle memory can't do what you've done 5,000 times when you saw, when you, when you did the foul shot, how could they miss that foul shot? That was going to win the game. We just won the series, whatever it was, because if you don't, if you don't know how to manage that emotional energy and just let it yeah. flow, when you go into resistance, your muscles don't move the same. And that's where injuries come from. And so when yeah. it, it, and when you think about it, it's like, oh my gosh, and it makes sense of that. But we did a pilot last year with a basketball team and what was super cool high school basketball team. And we got to have the coolest conversation. So just for fun, this was very rewarding mm -hmm. for me. They used the app for a couple of weeks and I got to go in personally because my son was on the um, varsity team last year. And so I got to meet with the varsity and JV players. So we're talking 16 to 18 year old boys. Okay. So they all by their uh, coach were asked to use the app for two weeks. And then I got to go in and teach them a little bit more about emotion. When I got in there, the most rewarding conversation I've ever had. Um, all boys, like you just mentioned, we, we stuff it down, avoid it, be strong. Don't feel it, suppress it. Right. Yeah. I walk in and I was like, tell me what you've learned about yourself over the last couple of weeks. Do you know, I heard one kid's like, well, I have a lot of happiness. Another kid's like, I have some serious anger. Another one's mm -hmm. like, well, I've been feeling lonely. Can someone hang out with me? <laughs> they were talking about emotion. Like it was, it had no, it had no serious ramifications. Well, they weren't it, it having was, to check. They weren't having to check their boys and be like, oh sh shit, who am I revealing this information to? And it took one of them to just be honest yeah. and say, and so then we talked about anger, like how anger comes out in the game mm -hmm. and how, let's say somebody stuffs you. First thing you want to do is go stuff them back. Like you want to elbow them back or you want to hit them back. Or, yeah. or let's say that you do a turnover. You got, you got a turnover. First thing these kids want to do is they go foul the other kid yeah. because they're just mad and they got to move yeah. that anger, right? Rather than manage that anger. So we talked yeah. about like how it plays out. Um, and we talked about it, it was the most rewarding conversation for them not to only talk about emotion, but realize how emotion is affecting their game, not only here and here, but in the behaviors on the court. And so it was so powerful. That's one of our main focuses right now is, is launching this in athletic departments at universities and, and getting it available to um, youth athletes. Amazing. Oh, so yeah. glad to hear this. It's a revolution. It's a movement. Um, we'll get this in kindergarten before we know it. And then elementary, middle school, high school, we'll, it's going to get there. It's going to get Amplify there. Amplify the social emotional learning that's happening with the quantifiable yeah. results that we can measure. Love it. Oh my gosh. So 
uh, yeah, step aside, financial intellect. I know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pull that aside. I know you've been waiting for a long time to get in schools, but sorry. <laughs> Let's just go. Let's go where we can get right. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Exactly right. Um, well, emotional literacy is is truly it's a game changer. It's the thing that separates those from high achievers to not. I mean, we know this. We know that. Uh, 88% of high achievers are emotionally intelligent, whereas 2% of high achieve, uh, 2% of, whereas only 2% of low achievers are emotionally intelligent. Right. I mean, right. what does that tell you? Like, it's it just, the differentiator. It's the it, game changer. It's what makes yeah. people help you, respond to you, and keep mm -hmm. you full of life. Yeah. And I, I always tell the story. I'm like, when people are like, 2% of low achievers are emotionally intelligent, I'm like, yeah, and they know what they're doing. <laughs> They know what they're doing. I'm claiming a paycheck. I don't care. I'm going to go get <laughs> off at four and play Xbox till three in the morning. I'm good. Doesn't matter. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, uh, well, Christy, this has been wonderful. How can our listeners find out more about Vibonics uh, and start tracking themselves? Okay. A couple things is today we're a B2B solution. So um, we reach our consumer through businesses that want to bring it on to their um, through their HR service, or actually you can go and do it as a small business yourself where you and five friends could go and connect and, and buy a package for uh, five user seats, up to 50 user seats by going to fiveonics.com. Uh, we do have amazing partnerships that are addressing specific uh, industries. And if you are a teen or a young adult, please go to the mechaproject.org and join the mechaproject.org and you can get access to this app. Okay. Mechaproject.org. So we're going to make sure that all of those links are in the show notes and you can get your hands on them. Uh, yeah. So if you want to jump on and get access to this incredible software, you know where to find it. Christy, this has been absolutely amazing. Final question for you. It's the magic one question. You shared your vision of making EI available to everyone. So wave that magic wand. What happens to the world? What is the impact on the world when your vision comes to pass? Connection. Mm. Connection first and foremost to yourself mm -hmm. so you can truly connect with others. Love it. That means no more tyrants, no more dictators, no more jerks leading militaries, companies, countries. We can make sure that people are self-aware, know where they're at, work on their trauma, not channel it into trying to dominate and overpower others. This has been absolutely amazing. Christy, thank you for the time. Yes, thank you so much, Brandon. Appreciate mm. you. Until next time. And for those of you that have joined us again for another recording of the Mankind Podcast, I appreciate you. None of this is possible without you and your listenership. We are grateful to you, grateful for you. And just by turning up and listening, you have had an impact on this conversation too. So all the best. We will see you next week.